Welcome in House Call Nation. I'm here with Gage, Julian, and Justin. Justin, you can read by his name tag. Not happy with how his team did. We're going to get into that in a minute. You can see by Gage's name. He's got some pain in his loins as well. The New York fans are not hanging in there very well after week one. But Julian, we're going to get into all that here in a second, buddy. But here in a second, we're going to talk about one of the greatest games of the weekend. We're going to be talking Dolphins Chargers. We're going to be talking Cowboys Giants. And we are going to be talking Jets Bills. And then we're going to preview Thursday Night Football. But first, I'd like to give a big shout out to one of our new affiliates. That is Lids. You can go and get every single ball cap you want for your team from Lids.com. They got much more than that. They got team apparel, everything you could possibly want, and more for your favorite sports team. So use the link in this description. Go get yourself a new lid. I know I'm going to be getting some soon. That's where I get all my lids from. That's where I got this Michelin Nest Celtics hat from. You'll see them all coming through here. Don't worry. I'll have more hats coming. I love my flat bills. They'll be on here. But you need to use our link in the description of this video. Go to Lids com and get yourself some new lids. They got discounts all day. I just got an email earlier today up to 30% off everything on their online store. Check it out. So here we go. Okay, this is a great week one. Okay, I don't care what anyone says. You had multiple, and I mean multiple interesting games. Okay, you had, like I said, the Dolphin Chargers in a shootout. The Rams blew out the Seahawks. We'll get into the Cowboys Giants here in a minute. But I want to talk about some other games here, too. The 49ers absolutely decimate the Steelers. We thought the Steelers were going to have a good time. The Buccaneers upset the Vikings. And Justin Jefferson had 150 yards. Jordan Addison tore it up, and they still lost. Everything looks bad for the Vikings right now. They do not have a defense. The Bengals saw one of their worst games in the borough history. He had only 82 yards, completion percent under 50% in a monsoon. Is the calf healthy? We don't know. We will not find out till next week. Maybe this is just a one-time clunker, but it is sure to be something we're going to have our eyes on. The Lions upset the Chiefs at home on their ring ceremony. How do you lose at home to that? But they didn't have two of their best players. And the Eagles found themselves... Up 16-0 early, but in a dogfight come the fourth. Unfortunately, they the Patriots could not win that game. Obviously, for me, unfortunately, everyone else on this pod is probably a little happy about that. I can think of two guys. Not me. Please uh, <laughs> on my side at least. We're gonna go ahead and start with a game that I think was probably the most fun to watch this weekend. It was the Dolphins and the Chargers. And if you're all about offense and no defense, this was the game for you because the defenses might not, they shouldn't even been on the field to be honest with you because it did nothing for anybody. These teams went at each other completely. And we saw historic numbers from Tua going over 460 yards and Tyreek almost getting 220 yards. These guys were outstanding we've seen them do it before this is probably the fourth game where i've seen them go close to 400 yards passing and tyree getting almost 200 yards receiving it is absolutely insane but julian let's talk about the chargers here for a second i mean this seems to be a standard charger thing they have all this talent on defense but they can't stop anybody i mean you i don't know if it's a a coordinator issue and not employing the talent correctly or what it is but what do you think of this chargers defense with all these big names and ultimately just not performing Honestly, you know, this is the NFL's format now, obviously watching a more offensive game, big shootout. Uh, The Chargers defense is kind of interesting, honestly. We got Joey Bosa, you know, kind of getting up there in age, as well as um, Tranquil on the other side. You got big free agent acquisitions in the last two years, including JC Jackson. It's just, it's not looking well, especially with, You know, Derwin James finally coming into that healthy spot. It felt like the last couple of years, you know, Derwin James on and off the field, and you just couldn't get him to that healthy spot. 
Look, they were firing on all cylinders on defense in that playoff game coming into to Jacksonville. And, and we saw the same thing. Uh, we're looking at this Staley, um, Kellen Moore offense, uh, focusing more on the rushing game this weekend. And they just couldn't take care of it. They were playing more man coverage against this Dolphins team that has speed in the, in the vertical side. And that's a recipe for failure. Uh, we all know this. We have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you know, going upfield, making double moves and making JC Jackson, the rest of that Chargers defense look silly. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible for them, you know, and the Dolphins defense didn't look much better. I mean, they're hoping Jalen Ramsey can come back and kind of solidify that second, that secondary a little bit there for them. That's the whole reason they brought him. And honestly, though, I, these teams offense wise can carry them as far as they can go, but you know, Justin, I'm going to go with you on this one, man. Is defense going to be ultimately why these teams don't reach the, the the levels that their offenses can carry them when it comes playoff time? Because we all know what happens when these you got teams that have great offenses but no defense. Come playoffs, that's not good enough. You have to be able to run the football. You have to be able to stop people on third downs. You have to get them into third and longs. And based on what I saw and what I'm seeing from these two teams on the defensive side of the ball, neither one of them are going to be able to do that. I mean, do you see either of them being able to make a run without really figuring out why their defenses are giving up all these yards? I'll be honest, I think it's going to take some time in regards to Miami because I feel like they do have the talent in defense and they're still trying to piece that together. For the Chargers, though, it's a different story because they have had years of the same talent on their defense, but yet they still struggle to make stops. And we've seen this before, especially in the playoffs. Think of the Bills. Think of the Vikings. Think of these other teams that have crazy good offenses. But their defense is also the thing that keeps them from going further into the postseason. So if they can't figure it out by the time we get, let's say, to the midseason mark, even if they can make it into the playoffs, which, let's be honest, they'll probably find their way in, whether it's through the wild card or the division for each side. But I don't see them making a deep run because there are some crazy defenses that we're projecting to go into the playoffs, even though we're only in week one right now. But that is going to be a concern. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these, like you said, this is a trend for the Chargers. They're just, it, it doesn't make any sense. The players on that side of the ball are no slouches. I mean, you, you mentioned Joey Bosa. The guy's probably the second best defensive end, maybe third best defensive end in the league behind a couple of names. And it's arguable between where you want to put him and how you want to order them all out. But he's a top 10 guy for sure. There's no doubt about it. And yet he's on, and you got, like I said, JC Jackson was a stud for the Patriots for a long time. Chargers paid him tons of money. He got hurt the first year. Khalil Mack is there. Khalil Mack is there. I mean, they have everything. And yet they still underwhelm it. It doesn't make sense to me how they continuously do this and just how it's never work out. And honestly, at some point in time, you have to say, okay, we gave you all these players. Brandon Staley, what are you doing? How do you not have anything going on? And so, Gage, this is to you. If, If they don't make a run, if they don't do something... Is Brandon Staley finally going to get sent out of L.A.? Well, we've talked about this earlier when we did the preview for the season. I mean, yeah, he's one of the the worst coaches in football. It's not even close. Makes atrocious decision-making at all facets. And he's no help to the team. And sadly enough, like, them paying Justin Herbert, like, you can't just blow it up and rebuild it with a new head coach. You kind of you kind of stuck in this middle ground of watching the rest of your team get old, but you have a young quarterback and you got to try to reload around him while he's his window is still open, and now you're in this roller coaster of 
all right, what do we do now? What if we have a terrible season? How are we going to handle this? And years down the road, could look back and be like, all right, how bad was this contract? How bad was Brandon Staley? three four years to the Chargers how how much is this effect is going down the road and they do it every year the defense like should be so much better and they're just getting destroyed like shout out to Tua and Tyreek going record pace out here but like yeah. come on you can't what how are you gonna win a game giving up 37 or what should have been 37 with the missed extra point like how do you how do you want to win a football game yeah your offense is good but Consistently, that's not how you win in the NFL. No. You just can't con- you can't contain that. And the Dolphins' defense didn't look much better. So, like, <laughs> if you're going to get outscored by an offense with a bad defense, how are you going to outscore a decent offense with a very good defense? You're not. And, and look at the Dolphins' picks from the last couple of years. Uh, Nick Anagabi, um, who got traded to the Cowboys, had that punt return. Um, Channing Tindall. You know, they're making so many first, second, and third round um, defensive, you know, players. You know, they're getting these players and acquiring them. And it just seems like the way that Even trading for Bradley Chubb last year, too. Yeah, yeah traded for Bradley Chubb halfway through the year. You know, it's it, it's looking like Brian Flores is really missed um, yeah. <laughs> as, as, as um, the Dolphins head coach. No offense to Mike McDaniel, you know, coming from that. Shanahan tree, but yeah, but Mike McDaniel is not a defensive coach. That's he is not a defensive coach. That's not his thing. And we can he's got the offense going, but man, they need help on the other side of the ball still. They really do. (laughs) For sure, for sure. And and, you know, it's funny you were bringing up how the Chargers how they're gonna give up 36 points and win a game. Uh let's be real, the Chargers are 0-3 in the last three games that they've played, and they've given up 92 points in the total. Okay. So just to put that in perspective, the Chargers have a systemic issue on defense. Yeah, one of them being the Trevor Lawrence. Let's yeah, let's not forget. Okay, but here's the big thing: if they had fired Brandon Staley last year, they could have had Sean Payton, they could have had D'Amico Ryan's, they could have had these coaches who have really I think good. Ryan's could have been the best option for them coming. Oh, out. Oh, absolutely! Those defensive Easily. players. Are you kidding? Absolutely, absolutely. And the offense is not a bad. I just think Brandon Staley is a better offensive coordinator than he is a head coach, and I can deal with that. I, I would look at Brandon and go, hey, you're not going to be our head coach anymore. Shout out Josh McDaniels. Yeah, we want you to be our offensive coordinator. But you can't be our head coach because you're dog shit. And it would have been regression, but at the same time, I would have looked at him and gone, this is where you're at, bro. You're not a good head coach. You can't make the decisions. You're not good. But you are a great offensive coordinator shown by how many points Justin Herbert puts up and how good he's looked. Because let's be real, he's one of the, he's looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league when everyone, all of the skill position players are healthy. <laughs> he really has. And, you know, onto the other side of the ball, the Tua Tyreek show, we, like I said, we've known what that's going to look like. Though when Tua's healthy and he's got Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, that offense is outstanding. They don't have a running back that you that is going to wow you. They don't have really anything else that's going to wow you, but Tua. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, that's a track meet. Tua will launch that fucker as far as he can throw it, and they're going to catch it because they're that damn fast. And they're going to continue to do it all the time. And like Tua you said, was on place for MVP last year before he got hurt. He was. He started throwing up gang signs and conscious on the ground. Don't don't like, get me wrong here. All right, he Tua had a very low percentage of catchable balls thrown. When he threw a ball, it was in a, it was very it wasn't a very catchable ball. 
based on stacks and st statistics and metrics. The percentage of Keshawal was one of the worst in the league. However, the talent at his skill position players made it to where that point was 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 moved. It didn't matter because his guys are that good to make up if he has a bad throw. I mean, another way to look at that is Tua's putting the ball with only his guys are going to make that play. Oh, absolutely. And the only people capable on the field of making that play. Absolutely. And But like you said, he's a health issue. That great game, Dolphins moving forward, 1-0. The Jets, 1-0. And, and we're going to be talking about that Jets-Bills game next. And that's why I want to bring it up to here. So I'm going to start with Gage, who is the perennial cursed Jets fan here. This just seems to always happen to you guys. It's it's full of preseason hype and promise and intrigue. And by the time you guys get to week one, something happens and it all just goes out the window. And honestly, this is probably the worst. Like 73 seconds. That's how long Aaron Rodgers' regular season career has been with the Jets. Josh Allen, the other quarterback who played in this game, has more completions to Jets players than Aaron Rodgers does after one game. If you, if I had said that to you, if I had said that to you before this game started, I said, hey, Josh Allen's going to have more completions to a Jets player than Aaron Rodgers will, you all would have laughed at me because you wouldn't have expected this to happen. And honestly, it is the most unfortunate thing to have happen. I never wish an injury on anybody. There were people who were cheering in Green Bay who were cheering for Aaron Rodgers' injury. Those guys got their comeuppance, don't you worry. The bar tab for those guys was outstandingly high, and they were not happy about paying it, but they had to pay it all the same. But, Gage, going to you, I mean, how do they move forward here? Who's Because you really only have Zach Wilson, and now you have to start playing this free agent quarterback pool, and there's some veteran options out there, but nobody's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, we, we know that. Like, that's a generational talent, like, top, arguable top five quarterback ever. First ball the field. Hall a first ball Hall of Fame, easy. Definitely. And, man, now, that, now the conversation is not just, is his year done? Is his career done? Oh yeah. Which, if you ask me, like, yeah, coming back from ruptured Achilles, it's That's J.K. Dobbins. It, it's it's Vinny Testaverde all over again, man. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> the same injury, same week, just a different quarter, just even earlier. And so that's the like, funny thing. I like, as a Jets fan, like, you really can't have Vinny. shit. You can't have shit as a Jets fan. Can't yeah. have anything nice. Um, oh man. Uh, and the worst part is you were jinxed by one of your own. You were jinxed by one of your KFC Barstool, who's a longtime Jets fan. He does a great episode uh, called uh, The Goddamn Jets. He loved watching that. I used to laugh at it all the time because as a Patriots fan, Still nothing makes me happier. Still have the shirt. Still have a shirt. You should have wore that. Uh, but <laughs> as a Patriots fan, nothing makes me happier than Jets misery. Not in this case because it is Aaron Rodgers and, and it is an injury and that makes me feel bad. But I, I love Vinny Testaverde. I did. I thought Vinny Testaverde was, was probably one of my favorite quarterbacks just because, you know, he – was tough, gritty, had an arm, you know, willed those guys to wins when he didn't have a lot around him. And I don't think he gets the respect in New York that he deserves to get. But you're right. This is just a repeat. It's I just mean, Chad Pennington. Yep. First week, nope. done. And it's, it's a repeat all the time. And it's, it's, it's just, like history just nonstop. You guys are Groundhog Day in it over there. The, th the worst part is the defense looks like a Super Bowl defense. Like, oh, yeah. Every, fa every phase that they look like, all right, like this defense is good. The Bills should be a very good offense, and they'll probably shake this off and be a very good offense. But man, that defense looks mean. 
the running game looked phenomenal. Brees Hall looks like he's he's him. Like that's that's the man right there. He's maybe he's maybe a few more hours of cardio away from taking that one to the house. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, I think he's pulling up on that knee, not trying to really shift into that last gear. Did his first NFL game back after tearing his ACL. Yeah, and he looked great. Like, oh, it was it like nine touches over a hundred yards. Oh yeah. Well, one of them came on that. Like it was that came yeah, on that one run. It was bonkers stat line. Um, going forward for the Jets, Zach Wilson's is not the dude. It's never gonna be the dude. He only had one shot of going behind Aaron Rodgers for two years, and maybe you turn out like Jordan Love. Maybe <laughs> he's not the guy. I'm looking honestly. Oh, Suck. Uh, Tank for Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, we can't. We're in such win now mode. Yeah, we can't. We're too. We're too. The chips are too far in. You just got. You just got to double down now. Look at like honestly, Carson Wentz. Oh I, no! Like oh, that is geez. our best option right now oh, is Carson Wentz or trade for like Jameis Winston. So, <clears throat> I tell you what, you know a guy that I think could... those are like two options. Give you guys a good a good thing here, and he's he's a backup. I don't know if they want to deal him, but a uh, good old Gardner Minshew's just riding the bench in Indy, baby. And uh, I don't know about you, but you want to bring some life into New York. Like, who is more of a New York Jets guy? Would, the Denim would... King, the guy who spent an off season in a bus. That guy right there's got the charisma to survive the New York media, and he's got the hair and the beard to boot. Trade for Gardner Minshew, I would... man. I'm all just like something like they have to be. you can't just you can't play the season with Zach Wilson you cannot do it no I mean from an from an optimism point I'm sorry but I mean we're looking at I'm a Jets fan there's just gonna be no positive <laughs> there is no optimism <laughs> <laughs> there, there is <laughs> look, there's been a lot of years there's I've been, been doing no this hope. for too long man but Aaron Rodgers, look, he gave a commitment here. We're, we're talking about the end of Aaron Rodgers' career, but we're also looking at his leadership here. We saw Zach Wilson take some strides in training camp in, with that second-team offense, even a little bit with the first-team offense. Yes, you know, he falling back last night, making that throw up to Garrett Wilson, kind of crazy, and Garrett Wilson should be very happy about that catch. But, look, this is an in-house option. You know, we have Zach Wilson here. Yes, this is the same quarterback to lo- that lost to Eastern uh, Coastal Carolina in college. And I was saying this guy is not the answer. I don't know why the Jets are going to him. But look, Aaron Rodgers, he gave a commitment. He's going to be here. He's going to coach him up. Are they going to go in- ahead and-, and sign Carson Wentz, who's only looked good on the Colts because of that play action game with Jonathan Taylor? Maybe. Maybe they go ahead and do that. But how sustainable is that going into the harder weeks that the Jets have, you know, weeks nine through 13. Carson Wentz is not that guy. I don't know about Gardner Minshew being that guy. We've seen Gardner Minshew have great numbers and, you know, have some games Denver when he was uh, playing in Jacksonville against Denver early season games. But is Gardner Minshew that guy to get you through the full season? I I don't know. I I really don't know. It's got to have a little bit of optimism here for a guy that they picked so, so early. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a single free agent option, trade option that is going to work in that Nathaniel Hackett offense. Because you're talking about bringing somebody in who has to learn that offense on like such short notice because you have a game in less than a week. So it's like, how how are you going to make that work? Honestly, I'm optimistic that Zach Wilson can be 
just enough to not lose y'all the game. Not, not necessarily he won't help you win the game, but he'll make sure, hopefully, that you won't lose a game because you're going to really be leaning more on that running game with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. You're going to be leaning extremely on that defense. So this is a chance to show how elite that's going to be because, yeah, the, the quarterback situation, now that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be around for the season, is going to matter significantly less than what that defense and that running game is going to do. And let's not forget this. Zach Wilson is being essentially mentored by Aaron Rodgers. So he actually has somebody on the sideline, possibly talking him into his ear whenever Aaron Rodgers could be on the field, having that earpiece, like walking through it, like, listen, this is what you did. You fucked up here. This is how you're going to fix it. And who knows? Maybe we start seeing some strides from him. So here's, here's the deal. Before we move on to the Buffalo Bills, I have something to say here. And this is going to be controversial because I'm wearing, you know, this guy on my arm here and I'm wearing my <laughs> Patriots jersey right now. But you can sign quarterback or you can sign players off of other teams' practice squads as long as you sign up to your 53-man roster. Matt Corral. So, so Matt Corral's on the exemplist. He's on the, he's on the practice squad right now. But, but you, know who, you know who is on the practice squad. You saw me Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi's active roster. He got signed to the 53-man last week. Okay. Oh, my goodness. But Malik, Malik Cunningham oh is on the practice squad right now, and he looked oh. absolutely electric. So as much as it pays me to say it, Jets fans, uh, I'm trying to get in Robert Sala's ear here because if you want a guy that can move, run the ball, and give you a little bit of a Lamar Jackson vibes, uh, just remember this guy was a better runner and passer at Louisville than Lamar Jackson was. And uh, he looked really, really good when he got a chance to play quarterback. And if you're going to bring him in and say, hey, you're competing for the starting job here, bud. You're not sitting behind uh, first-round pick Mac Jones and uh, you know Zappy Fever. You're, uh, you're going to be competing with Zach Wilson. Uh, I think Malik Cunningham outs Zach Wilson in, probably in the first two weeks he's there. Absolutely. With with the wrinkles they can do on offense with that man, absolutely. But that's just where I'm at right now because he's a rookie guy, so he doesn't. it's not going to cost a lot, right? He's shown the ability to be athletic. He's got good arm talent. You give him them running backs, those wide receivers, and you let him go out there and make some moves – Jets fans, you may need a Patriot over there. And Patriots fans, you better hope that the Bill sees that and decides to sign Malik Cunningham to the 53-man roster to protect that man because uh, it's possible. But we're going to go to the Bills now. And honestly, we're going to talk about another quarterback, Josh Allen. All we heard about offseason was how they got to stop beating themselves. They got to stop making this these mistakes. Dumb decisions, poor decisions in critical time. And Josh Allen goes out there, turns the ball over, makes dumb decisions in critical time, hurts the team. And he come out and said as much. He's like, we, it's the same thing we did last year. Same thing we did in the playoffs. Same thing we continue to do to ourselves. And yet we're still doing it, and I don't know why. And it's frustrating. So, Justin, do you think they rebound? I, mean, I, I obviously think that this is not it for Josh Allen. Although, I will say that my career projection for Josh Allen was very similar to another guy who fell off after his fifth year and was passed around and just had bunches of injuries and didn't play very well. Cam Newton. These guys had very similar career trajectories through four years. I mean, they were very close. They're, I mean, their size, hands, you know, all that sort of stuff was almost identical, a carbon copy. And then their statistics were almost identical as well. Josh Allen had a little bit more passing yards. 
and a little better completion percentage. Not a lot, a little bit. All right. So my question is, is this, are we seeing a downfall of Josh Allen or is this just a one game bump and bump in the road? Even because you remember that elbow injury could still be lagging, could still be nagging him a little bit. No. So what I think we're seeing here right now is the fork in the road for how this season is going to go. Let's be honest. Because uh, Josh Allen is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, but we've, we've as like talking heads in the media, everybody since he's been drafted said, at most he could be Brett Favre 2.0. That gunslinger, he's going to throw it around, he's going to take risks, and some of those risks are going to fail. And we've lately been seeing a lot of those risks failing. So I feel like this season is going to be the turning point for, is he going to turn into that Cam Newton? where we're going to start seeing the downfall and then Bills fans are going to have another nightmare situation where you had a star quarterback who just couldn't make it after he finally got paid, which is another topic we can always talk about how these quarterbacks (laughs) get paid and just start falling off. Or can he finally fix things? Because the Bills are a talented team. That defense is good. That receiving core is good. And it's like, he will be the reason why Bills will either win games or they will lose games. And on top of that, this man is so scared of overtime at this point. <laughs> Having that 0-5 record, the fact that there was one point he couldn't even get on the field, which I can't blame him for. That's just the rules of NFL overtimes. But the fact that you had a chance for Monday Night Football, you had the ball first and you just went three and out. This this is the reasons that everybody has problems with Josh Allen. You're either going to win them games and be that leader, or you're always the reason why they lose games. So this this is going to be that pivotal season, and I feel like by year's end, we're going to have a more definite answer. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I hope we have a definite answer because I mean, I don't get it, right? They they have Josh Allen, and he's a he's a good runner, right? He, like he has to be involved in the run game at some point. Is, is he a good game. runner though? I mean, at some point, yeah, he, he does well. He gets him first down. Get himself hurt. Oh, definitely. He, that's definitely. what I have an issue with. I mean, last night, you know, we're looking. He's first of all, I want to congratulate. Blasted. Yeah, man. Congratulate Jordan Whitehead, first of all. I mean, that man just got a, a pay raise for, for what happened <laughs> last night. Three picks. I mean, come on. Second of all, this man ran and tried to jump over not one, but two defenders. This is the problem with Josh Allen. He's very impatient. We've seen this all the way back in Wyoming. I mean, this man, his mechanics give out at the most random times. And we're starting to see it without Brian Dayball. This Josh Allen is starting to underperform and starting to kind of match all the descriptions that he had going in the draft day. I mean, let's be honest here. Last night, I'm surprised that man doesn't have a concussion. The way his head hit the ground... I mean, multiple times, not one, not two, three times. I mean, this man grabbed the ball, scooped up a fumble and got smacked. This is how Josh Allen is. And and unfortunately, I can't see that changing. I mean, we saw it. Sean McDermott said, you know, please stop running the ball. We need to take you out. We need to lessen the hits. Joe, I loved your comparison to Cam Newton here. It, besides Cam Newton not having the greatest I mean, coming from another Patriots fan here, we watched 2020. He's never been the most accurate quarterback. No. I mean, I saw Cam Newton against the Bills throw a dud to Nikhil Harry. I mean, step up in the pocket and throw a dud. This is not Josh Allen. But 
the same kind of physicality is going to get them killed. And I agree with all of you, Justin, Gage. I mean, I agree with all of you. It's ridiculous. It's got to stop. Especially when you have James Cook, you have Damian Harris, you had, I mean, you have running backs. You have guys. Dawson Knox is no slouch at blocking. I'm pretty sure they drafted another, they have a rookie tight end who's literally one of a, a good blocker. He's a large body. Like, the ability, the inability to adapt, and and you keep doing things that you have seen because that's how you win games. They've won games by being the Josh Allen show, letting him run the football, letting him pick up extra yards after contact, let him hurdle people, let him be exciting, let him throw bombs, and all those things like that. But if you remember correctly, Cam Newton, although it wasn't very accurate, he had a cannon for a very long time, and then he got a shoulder injury. And then his accuracy got even worse. And then he didn't have any zing on the ball. It looked like he was throwing a javelin that had like a 50-pound weight on the back of it the entire time. <laughs> right? Josh Allen is only in his, his, his sixth year. Cam Newton, this is when Cam Newton started to go downhill. Yep. And didn't look like himself anymore. And unfortunately, if they keep beating Josh Allen to death like this, He's going to end up being Cam Newton 2.0 instead of Brett Favre 2.0. Because at least Brett Favre got a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, without the Super Bowl appearance and without the yeah, MVP. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what, we're looking, That's what we're looking at Josh Allen at right now. It, it's going to be that. But <laughs> we're going to move on to a game that I know is going to be oh boy. right here in, in Justin's feels. Uh, Cowboys Giants. And the Cowboys-Giants game was absolutely terrible. Terrible. And I'm going to explain why. Everyone came into this year knowing that Dallas had a chip on their shoulder, knowing that Dak Prescott had to ball out. And he even came out and said, I'm not throwing over 10 interceptions. I'm going to be under 10 interceptions this year. You won't see 10 interceptions come from me. The preseason looked like that was a lie because he was throwing picks everywhere and i'm not talking about like uh you know it was a good play by no straight to the defensive backs like it was dog shit it was it was terrible so at the end of the day this game happens and it is an absolute drubbing i said very very adamantly when we did our quarterback ranking that daniel jones was not a top 20 quarterback i said he was not and i got laughed at and the issue is here is that now Daniel Jones had probably one of the worst week one performances of any quarterback this week outside of Joe Burrow. And Justin, tell me about it, man. You were there as a Giants fan. Yeah. You were in this. You showed up early to this fucking yeah. public execution, buddy. So I'm gonna, the floor is yours. Oh, boy. Prepare for a rant. First off, I live in New York City. They play in Jersey. It takes me an hour and a half to say that get again. To that say that again. Where do they play? In Jersey. And so they're the New Jersey Giants. I'm okay, not even getting into you that. You can continue. You can continue. But I have I've watched the game live. I left during the third quarter after they went up like 33 nothing. I stood here today for this and had to rewatch it on all 22 <laughs> to actually see what the fuck went wrong this and i'm, and I'm gonna go through all three aspects of it offense defense special teams i'm gonna start with the special teams because this is one that i feel like will correct itself and i'll be fine with it graham gano missing well gets one field goal blocked misses a 36 yarder 
which I don't know how the hell that happened, but that's something that, that can get fixed. He's a veteran. He's been accurate for us the whole time that he's been a giant. I feel like nothing's going to go wrong there from this point forward, maybe one or two more. Defense, where was the pass rush? All I keep hearing about is, uh, sorry, all I kept hearing about was Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari. This will be the breakout for them. We got Dex. We got Leo. Guess what they all combined for? Zero sacks, zero quarterback hits. The only quarterback hit came from Dexter Lawrence. Actually, yeah, one quarterback hit because of Dexter Lawrence. One tackle for loss because of a seventh round pick from this year's team draft. So where was that? Defensive backs actually is the one bright spot. I already know coming into the season that our corners are not going to be the five plus interception corners because we got one, two rookies starting. Two, our veteran leader in that cornerback room is playing in the slot mostly now. So I'm not expecting that, but they actually played pretty well. First round pick Deontay Banks got two passes deflected. They, in the passing game, only really led, had C.D. Lamb as their leading receiver with only 77 yards. 50 of that came in one shot because the Cowboys ran a natural rub play and got open because they were playing man. That's it. I'm actually happy for that. But this freaking offense killed me inside. First drive, get to the red zone. Our star left tackle that we just gave a contract to gets a false start when he had none last year at all. So it already set us back. Our rookie center just botches a snap and shotgun, which I knew was going to happen, but not in the damn red zone. And it just all went downhill from there. Daniel Jones, and I'm and I'm guilty of this. When I saw this game happen, I literally said in that stadium, our $40 million a year quarterback is throwing picks like he was a rookie again. And then I watched it again. He played scared. And honestly, we all seen it. If we were in that backfield, we would be scared too. Because that whole right side of the offensive line, Evan Neal and Mark Glowinski, they looked like regular <laughs> turn stops. You could literally just enter through them. Like it was free transit for the defense. And I'm not just talking about Micah Parsons, who got a sack, Demarcus Lawrence, who got some tackles for loss. I'm talking about second and third string defensive linemen were just going through them like nothing. And it pains me as a Giants fan because this was the thing that we were worried about. That right side of the offensive line, they have to perform. They have to step up. Evan Neal, you are six foot seven, 300 and something pounds, and yet somebody can either run right past you or they can bull rush you, and which I'm shocked by. So, yes, it, 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 it pains me as a Giants fan seeing that. It hurts because now we have to go to Arizona, and we can't just beat the Cardinals. The Giants have to demolish the Cardinals because then they got to go face the Niners the week after, which is already a pain as it is. But... But I'm going to calm down and be happy for this one thing going into Dallas because I can admit, as a man, their defense is crazy. That pass rush is quick. That offense, though, 
misses Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. They have to be the ones to step up because even though the Giants played like trash, they only gave up 270 yards of offense the entire game. And Dak Prescott looks like he doesn't have much confidence in that passing game. The rushing is what killed us on their offense. So they need to step up because they do have some crazy defenses coming up, the Niners being included, because I think they play them in week three. So I cannot wait. Y'all can quote me on this. And at the end of the season, let's see if I'm right. If the Cowboys do not step up on offense, they can sneak into the playoffs, but they're looking at about a first round bye-bye because the defense can save you, but so long they're not going to be able to put up points for you every single week. Like they what did. Special teams help. put up points for them. Happens. What a wild prediction. <laughs> it's crazy. This is coming from a Giants fan. I mean, to yeah. Justin, you're on the other side of the uh, the fence now when the Giants had OC, uh, Strahan. I mean, Justin Tuck. I mean, you're looking at it right through a mirror. I mean, Sam Williams, Armstrong, Micah Parsons. I disagree. I mean, I think that defense, honestly, this year, those are not rotational pieces. Those are steady players. Yes, they are second and third stringers, but they are no slouches. There are no slouches on that D-line. You know, adding Stephon Gilmore being, you know, obviously he's in his 30s now. He's a solid number two. (laughs) Solid. I mean, going to the Colts, you know, he had his moments, you know, Terry McLaurin, Mostum. But, I mean, they have a solid, solid defense. I mean, that's a brick wall right there. And this is this is crazy because I'm optimistic for the Giants. You know, having such a young um, wide receiver group. You know, Hyatt, um, having Shepard still there. I mean, there are certain pieces there that are going to be able to mesh. I don't think Daniel Jones and Brian Dable are going to be like this the whole year. I, I see a lot of optimism here. For the Giants. This is this is a playoff team last year. You know, that can only get better with Brian Dable. So but if the right side of that offensive line plays like this, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter who the receivers are, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If you're gonna let a pass rusher get there in less than two seconds, not no quarterback is gonna have enough time, unless your name is probably glory days of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes once in a while. <laughs> I mean, so you were, you guys brought up some great points here, but let's, I'm going to give you guys some stats real quick. So the Cowboys defense had seven sacks, 10 tackles for loss, yep. and two defensive touchdowns. Yep. The Giants, two, two tackles for loss. That is it. Oh, right. <laughs> and they had got the other one. Three, three QB hits. <laughs> Oops. Uh, That is the disparity in the story of this game. This was not a game won by the offenses. This was purely a Dallas defense win. They like the Dak Prescott didn't even break 200 yards passing. They didn't even have 200 yards uh, rushing. If I am not mistaken, I don't even think they, they came close to it. It was, it's, it's honestly, I think he's like, they had 122 yards rushing. They had 143 yards passing. That is it. And a completion percentage just over 50%. Like, this was not an offensive game whatsoever. It's just one defense played significantly better. Or, in, if you believe Justin, one offensive line is significantly worse. 
But we have to talk Thursday night football because yeah. Thursday night football is coming up and it is going to be the Vikings versus an Eagles team. And uh, neither of these teams looked how we thought they were going to look. The Eagles came out 16 points early on the Patriots in the first quarter off two turnovers. The Patriots playing sloppy in a game that featured rain like a lot of these other games that were on the East Coast. Uh, it was a messy, messy game in the first half. But the rest of the way, the Eagles only scored nine points. And the Patriots had multiple chances to win that game. And honestly, Kayshawn Booty's feet come in bounds. We may be talking about the Eagles in a different light this week. Don't, don't say I'm wrong because that man not once, but twice couldn't get his feet down. You're not in college anymore, buddy. Learn how to catch in the NFL. But that being said, the offense... You know, how many times did you hear, did you hear last year the Eagles went four, went, uh, three and out four consecutive times? Almost never. And then the Vikings, on the, other, on the other flip side of the coin, we always knew the offense was going to be good. Kirk Cousins looks like a freaking golden god as long as he's got Justin Jefferson and a decent, and, you know, a decent amount of people around him. But they lost to Tampa Bay led by Baker Mayfield. Because they can't, they don't have any defense, and Kirk Cousins in every situation, when it's crunch time or prime time, it ain't Kirk Cousins' time because he throws a pick. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that in a second. But this matchup, something that probably is going to, it looks like it's going to have a big thing, but just remember, big play Slate absolutely shut down Justin Jefferson last year, made him look human. And that defense for Philly looked just as strong against the Patriots. I mean, they did give up the first 300 passing yard three TD game of Mac Jones's career on uh Sunday afternoon. But that Eagles defense still looked really, really, really good. And that Vikings defense is not as good as the Patriots defense. So this Philly offense is going to do even better than the 25 points that they put up against uh, the Patriots. So I'm going to start with Gage on this one. Gage, how do you see this game going and uh, who's going to, who's going to come out on top? Uh, it's going to be a replay of last year. It's going to be humiliation. Justin Jefferson's going to get clamped up by a slay again. And it's not even close defensively. Like, I think the Eagles defense is going to put on a show like how Dallas did against New York last week. It's going to be rough, rough sledding for Kirk Cousins. Alex and Madison's not Dalvin Cook, it's not the guy. And defense is with cheese. And they have one guy on offense that Kirk Cousins funnels the ball to. But the Eagles have an answer for that. And most telling for the Vikings, you just lost to Tampa Bay. You just lost to the resurgence of Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> how do you lose to that shell of a team? 17-20-17. How are you not putting up with that offense over 35 points? So, it's not looking good in Minnesota. Glad to see that the fraudulent isn't making a year two return. Yeah, I mean, it does not look good. And, you know, but of course, that last time the Vikings faced Philly, they did not have TJ Hawkinson. They did not have Jordan Addison. I think Alexander Madison, you know, probably could have a better time. But, I mean, Jordan Addison, he's not – he's he's got a lot of praise from that wide receiver core from the coaches saying, you know, he's, he's picking up the offense well. He runs really crisp routes. He's always where he's supposed to be. And that kind of showed because even though that Justin Jefferson had 150 yards, Jordan Addison's the one with the tuss, bud. So, I mean, Alexander Madison found the end zone as well. So, these guys, you know, they were getting in there. But you're right. How are they not throwing up at least 30-plus points 
I mean, this team, this offense, we've seen them have clunkers before. I mean, they had to come back from down 30 to a Colts team last year that did not have a serviceable quarterback. Remember, the Patriots, as much as dog shit as that offense was, they beat them. But this Colts team last year did, you know, we kind of gave the Vikings a pass because the Colts gave the Eagles trouble, the Colts gave the Chiefs trouble. And if you don't remember, those were two Super Bowl teams from last year. So, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, one of those things where we kind of give them a pass, but it's kind of getting a little too consistent for me to feel comfortable, but Julian, I'm going to go to you on this one. Is is TJ Hawkinson and the addition of Jordan Addison enough to really make this a close game? Or is Gage right? Is this just going to be a, a track meet and the Eagles are just going to dominate? So here are a couple things that go into this. First of all, um, Addison, he is coming off of a touchdown game, obviously. James Bradbury may not be playing this week for the Eagles. That is big being that obviously Darius Slay takes the headlines in that secondary. Who else do they have in that secondary? No Chauncey Gardner-Johnson anymore. I mean, I'm going to be honest, that that defense, besides the defensive line, no N'Kobe Dean, these, these are kind of big pieces that are already gone week one. I mean, that's, that's kind of big here, being that you're going against Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson. I mean, that's that's crazy. I think the Eagles started very slow against the Patriots. We were looking at an RPO offense that I thought was going to feature Swift. I mean, where's Rashad Penny? Healthy scratch. Where are these players that we thought the Eagles were getting instead of getting rid of Miles Sanders and trying to replace them with these running backs that we thought were going to be a lot better? They have Kenneth Gamewell as their number one. This, look, obviously the Vikings don't have the greatest defense anymore. And and we see it. No Pat Pete, no Eric Hendricks to save them. But I think this game is going to be a lot closer than we think. Um, And I definitely do see the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins doesn't fumble two snaps a game, winning this game. I definitely see them winning this game. Wow, that is a bold, bold statement. Justin, I'm going to go to you on this one, man. Does Kirk Cousins really have enough to outduel Jalen Hurts if Jalen Hurts can get right? Because like you said, that Patriots defense is going to be top five by the end of the year. Everyone's Satan right now. Also, just, be- I forgot to mention it's a it's a primetime game. It's a Thursday night game. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is not going to get in track. I forgot. <laughs> Never mind, Justin. We're going to scratch that question. It's already been answered. I said it earlier. Primetime and crunch time. Kirk Cousins doesn't show up. But... I don't know, man. I don't see how the Vikings can win this game. It is not in their favor. They do not look good. Justin Jefferson is going to be up against Darius Slay. I mean, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, Alexander Madison are going to have to absolutely have a game of their career. But Justin, give me your score prediction on this game, man. Who wins and by how much? Honestly, because I just looked it up with the James Bradbury injury situation. He has not practiced this week. So my thoughts are leaning more towards he's not going to be able to play which means it tilts the score a little bit closer. I got 27-24 in the favor of the Eagles. That's why I had to take the jacket off because that sounds blasphemy to me. But (laughs) it's just like boxing. If you have somebody coming off of an injury, if you have somebody coming off a slump, what's the best way to get them back on track? A nice little tuner game. What's the best way to get that Eagles offense going? Put them against the Vikings defense where anybody can score on them, including (laughs) Baker Mayfield. Jesus. (laughs) 
I like it, man. I like that score. Julian, you said you could see the Vikings win this game. Are you going to stick with it for your score prediction? I am. I am. Oh. I, I am sticking with the Vikings. I definitely can continue to see Jalen Hurts and that offense look slow. I mean, I watched Christian Gonzalez last week in a really good debut game. Uh, honestly, seven tackles, a sack, and a fourth down shutdown of A.J. Brown. I think this is possible. I think the Vikings can win this in a close snoozer, 17 to 14. 17 to 14. That is a bold, bold statement. Low scoring game. Neither one of these high powered offense break 20 points. I don't know if that's going to happen. One touchdown. I see it happening. Man, that's going to be interesting. That's a low scoring game for two (laughs) high powered offenses. Gage, I know where you're at on this one, man. I don't even need, I think I need to ask. It's probably Eagles by a million, but go ahead and give me your score, bud. What do you think it's going to be? It is Eagles by a little little less than a million. I'm going Eagles 35. I'm going Minnesota 21 here. Ooh, you're, so you're going to give them over 20 points. Okay, respectable, respectable. I'm going to I'm going to go with something like 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 uh, Justin said here. Just remember, Nick Sirianni came out after that game and said I should have played them during the 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 tr- during preseason. I should have gave them at least two series to let them get up to speed. Because they did look slow. They did look like they weren't up to full game speed against the Patriots. That's not going to be the case this week. You know they're coming out ready. I think that even with Bradbury not out there, this Eagles front seven is so disruptive. And that Vikings offensive line is mediocre. I think they don't even need a solid corner out there. They're going to literally send... So many pressures from so many different areas that Kirk Cousins is going to have at least five sacks. I see this game being very one-sided. Eagles 35, Vikings 10. That's your score right there. Justin Jefferson doesn't get 100 yards, and it is going to be an absolute drubbing because going where the Eagles are playing, they're at home, baby, and that Philly crowd is going to be loud and proud. They're coming for you, Kirk. You best be ready. That's all we got time for today on the house call. Please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. That's Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. There's many more. They'll all be in the description of this video. Check out all of our affiliates also in the description of this video. And we'll see you next time here on the house call. Peace.